Conquer local. Come on, George. I'm happy to be here. I help leaders go from anxiety to authority under pressure. And then let's go and get it. It's an ecosystem. The hardest part here is going to be getting me to shut up on this one. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Hosted by George Lee. This is the Conquer Local podcast. A show about billion dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith. On this episode, we welcome Rana Kordahi. Rana has worked in a variety of sales roles in industries like construction, recruitment, employment services, real estate, timeshares, education, and software. For the last 10 years, she trained and coached thousands of sales and non-sales people in sales communication, prospecting, pipeline management, and the ever-popular cold calling. She's trained hundreds of consultants at some of the big four consulting firms like KPMG, PricewaterhouseCoopers, in sales and influence. Rana has also spoke for TEDx on sales. She was featured as a top 10 female sales coach in 2020 by Yahoo Finance and was also featured as a top 15 sales experts to watch in 2021 by the Australian Business Journal. Stay tuned. Rana Kordahi is coming up next on the Conquer Local podcast. Rana Kordahi joining us all the way from Sydney, Australia. Rana, welcome to the Conquer Local podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, George. It's great to have I'm you on the show. to be here. It's great to have you on the show today, and I want to learn more about you. We did cover some of the bio in the intro, but I always like to have our guests from their own words tell us a little bit about their background. So, Rana, could you give us your background? It says here a 20-year career in sales. So I'd love to understand a little bit more about what some of that background entails. So I started in sales very young, obviously first in retail, telemarketing, then I went into B2B sales, then recruitment. Then I worked in something called employment services, which is government funded um, disability employment. And that was the hardest sales job because you had to actually sell people to employers. And it was usually people that were unemployed for a long time or had disabilities. And then eventually I started my own business doing sales training. And I still, um, I still sell, even I have a, I, at the moment I have a salesperson, but I still say to her like, don't take the whole pipeline. I need some because I need to continue practicing. Otherwise I would lose the craft of making cold calls. Well, before we get into a little bit about the Selling Academy and more about you, I, you touched on something that is interesting. I, I've been a part of some conversations this week with uh, with some leadership groups and, and they're saying, you know, sales salespeople won't follow a leader that can't do. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree. And I think like, for example, if I'm telling people you need to do this and you need to make calls and things like that and you're not doing it yourself, or even if you've done it, but you're out of practice, then I think it's almost like um, you're, a, I don't want to say, maybe hypocrite. What's the right word to say? Well, I, hypocrite, I, I actually have used that term. Um, but, it, but it's interesting because if you're not in the sales business, I don't know if you get it, 
Like you, you just don't. It's one of those businesses that we can see an imposter coming a mile away. It's hard. Um, and, and I think it's also yeah. encouraging for young sellers to know that, you know, old and I, you know, I'm way older than you, but doing it for a long, long time that, you know, we still cold call. We'll still send 20 text messages to get the attention of a prospect. We will follow up with a customer at 10 o'clock at night if that's what it takes to ensure customer success. And, and I think it's important for them to see that because you can go watch a multitude of you know, YouTube videos, podcasts, read books, and everybody's telling you what to do. But, you know, I feel that true sales leadership, it's you got to be able to show it and you got to be able to prove that you can do it. Now, one of the things that I read when we were getting ready for this interview was this incredible six step process that you've come up with. And it's a part of the the foundation of your learning uh, when you're out coaching on uh, on sales professionals. So I'd love to understand that. Let's unpack that six step process a little bit more. Okay, so usually when I go into organizations, specifically when it comes to, because my specialty is employment services or non-salespeople. Uh, and a lot of the times they don't want to do anything to do with sales. So, the, the few step process I do is like number one is I get them to identify the differences between a trusted advisor, a consultative sales approach and a pushy transactional salesperson. And I say, okay, make a list. Like how would a trusted advisor speak? How would they behave? And then they, obviously they like, they listen, they tailor the message to the customer. They care about the customer. They care about the customer success. So that's number one. Know that you are a trusted advisor or become a trusted advisor. Once they know that they're not, you know, the sleazy 1990s pushy salespeople and they don't have to be, there's like this whole burden that comes off their shoulders. Number two, I get them to identify the impact that they're making when they make a sale. So whether it's the impact to the customer's life or to their own life, whether it's they're making commission or whatever it is, or even that job satisfaction, or even um, helping their colleagues keep, I know it's harsh, but keeping the jobs in the organization because Without revenue, there's layoffs. So just think about the impact. Every time you're making that call, you make sales, you are creating jobs. Um, so that's number two. Number three is change the story you tell yourself before you pick up the phone. Like, what are you saying? I hate sales. I'm bad at sales. Or the customers uh, hate salespeople. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's true, but just change it and just bring what you wash yourself into more empowering beliefs. Number four, change your physiology. So the way you walk, the way you breathe before picking up the phone. Number five, expect rejection. It's part of the game. It's part of sales. And number six is develop mastery. So model excellence, do courses, read books. And the only way you can really learn is to practice and get on the phone or whatever, go out and get rejected and just analyze what you did well, what you did not do well and what you can do better. So that's in a nutshell because, I mean, I tried to explain it in two minutes, but I don't know how long that took. No, and you know what I, I'm so impressed by is the simplicity of it and the way that you explain it so that any sales rep, regardless of whether they're junior or they've been doing it for, like those six pieces are pieces that everyone needs to remember. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think sometimes people do it unconsciously or, but I think working with enough people that are not confident or scared to get on the phone, I just, started to, or even like meeting many people. And I was just like, okay, what are they doing? What is it that they're doing? And I just kind of uh, put it into six kind of things that they do. 
So when when you are analyzing this, and and you said something very interesting at the end of of your delivery on those six steps of the process, is there there also is a component of teaching the sales rep the ability to have that out of body moment, and kind of do your own adjudication and becoming self-aware of, of how you are delivering those, those six components. And, and that's such an important part of the growth, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, being aware and being self-aware of how you're delivering or even your thought process of what you think is, is critical to the success of whatever you want to do. It's so interesting that off the top, you were talking about trusted advisor, consultive sales approach, which we all know is what good looks like. Um, it probably always has been what good looks like. And then you talked about the flip side of it, which is pushy. And I, I always go to used car salesperson, but that's not fair to used car sales people. Um, it could be pushy any type of salesperson. Um, and that transactional, you know, get the commission run as fast as you can before they figure out that you've told them lies kind of thing. That really is something that we have to break down um, in society when people think of sales. Because you and I both know that sales is about delivering value. You talk about impact, you talk about outcome, you talk about having a positive mindset, understanding that rejection is going to be there. But I think when we just are in a group of 10 random people and say sales, they think of the last time they got screwed over by a salesperson. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, there's a lot to unpack from what you said, but definitely, I mean, you could be pushed in any type of role, whether you are with your spouse, whether you're selling cars or whether you are preaching in a church or you are selling something like a um, trusted advisor. So at the end of the day, I think like it's, if you go back to psychology, people need autonomy in their choice and they need control over their choices. So if they feel like someone is pushing them into a choice, they either say yes if they're not assertive, but then they get a refund later or they ghost you, or they just say no and they like resist even more. So they, they go either that, that, that way or that way from my experience. So one of the things uh, that I noticed when we were, we were doing the research on your career and when you go to your LinkedIn profile, we talk about this TEDx uh, presentation that you gave. And I love the title, How to Achieve Anything in Life by learning how to sell. And I think any of us that have been in the sales business for a long time realize that everything is sales. The entire world is sales. A lot of people don't recognize that. But I, I loved watching that presentation. What I'd love to get you to, to share with our audience, because I think it's probably a bit of a bucket list or a, a wish of people, I gotta do a TED talk. I've got to do one. You know, I have that. I haven't done one yet. I'd love to do one. So I'd like to hear from you, you know, how much preparation did you do before you gave that presentation? Um, you know, was there a number of topics that you could have chose? You know, how did you arrive at the moment that this was the topic that you were going to deliver on that very well-recognized brand and, and stage of the, of the TED Talks? I think um, I chose it obviously because it was for my career. So it was a selfish choice. Like I could have spoken about many other things that could have had more views and very interesting, controversial, but I just thought, okay, just what is it that is going to help you in your career? But at the same time, I'm also passionate about selling. So it was very easy for me to, to just talk about it. But I did, I felt like, I don't want to say dumb it down, but I had to make the talk like, I thought, okay, my audience are not salespeople, it's just anybody, right? Mm -hmm. So how can I resonate with anybody that's watching it? And it doesn't matter where they're from in the world. 
to understand, you know, like sales is important and learning how to sell. And obviously I just gave a few little basic tips on selling as well. Yeah. But also I was quite lucky because I knew someone that worked in that university and then they just said, we're looking for speakers. I sent them my showreel and it was there. But at the same time you said about preparation, I think I over-prepared because I've done other talks and I prepared for them and I liked them better than my TED talk because I felt like it was just too rehearsed, too perfect. And um, I mean, I'm not, it's, it was, it turned out well, but yeah, sometimes you can be over-prepared and it's like, it was like, oh, okay, it's TED, TEDx, like this is huge pressure. So right, so I you, you kind of got in your head a little bit <laughs> because I of, memorized everything I was going to say. Yeah, um, you know it, it's interesting as as I hear you speak about it. We recently did a, an event here in our building, which was a, a pitch party, and and you know you get sixty seconds to articulate your presentation to the audience, and there were a you know we had twelve different presenters, and four of them had never done something like that before. And, you know, the, the, I was one of the judges, okay. we had a couple of other judges and our advice was keep doing what you just did because it is that repetition that's going to build the muscle. So then when you get in front of a group of people like that, it, it's not as intimidating. And, and the other thing that I think is really uh, interesting in, in your lead up to the TED talk was it was networking that got you the speaking gig, which is a big part of sales. Oh yes. I, you know, I never thought about that, but you're right. It's who you know. It's who you know, definitely. So the uh, your website for the salesacademy.net, this is your coaching business. And uh, what what industries do you work with? And you know, we'd like to understand a little bit more about what makes your organization, the Selling Academy, different from other sales coaching organizations. Okay, so that's a tough question because people when they ask me that, I'm like, to be honest with you, it's me and the way I can facilitate change and connect with people's emotions to be able to go out and change things. It's not even my content. I don't have anything more special than other sales trainers. And maybe there's others that can even connect with people more. But I have the ability from to get a salesperson that does not want to get on the phone, that has the most, the biggest fear, or maybe doesn't really know what to say, like to be excited to get on the phone. That's one thing I notice. Or they're like, oh my God, like I want to make cold calls and thank you so much for motive. It's like that. Yeah. So I understand people and I understand the, ch um, the change management process as well. And usually I work with a lot of staff in companies that are a bit resistant. But when it, yeah. So people like, they're like, what's so different? What is it that you have? I don't have anything revolutionary in my, Training, you know, I, I don't try and reinvent anything. I think it's important also to continue learning. So I still do. So also something that's different about me is I still pick up the phone as a sales trainer. I have a business. I um, sell every day. I'm on demos like four times. Four, you know, we book a bit, at least four to five demos a week. So I'm on demos. I close. I, uh, you know, nurture relationships. And I think I actually learned more about sales running a business than I did even before. Well, um, I, I yes. work with lots of folks that do what you do on a daily basis and they all have that same narrative. 
that uh, you know they got to keep their feet in the game. They have to get on calls. They've got to they got to keep the, you know you mentioned it. You got to keep the muscle. You got to keep working it, or you or you kind of lose it over time. And and then the you know the other thing that I find is really interesting is that you know you you are on the ground in a very tough space, like selling recruitment, um, selling talent. Really, at the end of the day, that's a you know there's there's big need for it, so I, I get it. But it also isn't something that you know you wake up one day and say, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to sell talent for a living. It's, it's probably not the first thing that you think of when you want to get in the sales business. Is is that is my my feeling on that correct? You mean yeah? So the people I train are recruiters, right? So that's correct. what you're saying. Yeah, and not not yeah, the first so job that you would pick <laughs> is to be a recruiter. Oh yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, the reason I chose that is because it was one of the industries I worked in. So, for example, the industries I started working in was were companies, industries that I have done, like sales in, first of all, or I had specific experience in. So, recruitment is the hardest because unlike a product where you can almost guarantee 99%, you know how it works, a service, maybe 95%, you know how it works because... You know, like whether you send a trainer or a consultant, you know that they have good results and you will hire them. A person might let you down, so it's 50-50. Might not show up to the interview, might sabotage a job, might, you know, and so your credibility with the person is, um, with the employer is going to be sabotaged. So I think selling recruitment is the most difficult thing you can, in my experience. So one one question then from an expert in in helping recruiters do a better job and and things like that is how do you properly set expectations with the buyer because you know that there is this built-in failure rate that exists so that they they know that that might happen. Yeah, so obviously you don't want to overpromise. Um you don't want to lie to them and say everything's perfect, everything's fantastic. At the same time, you can be as people forgive you um, based on how much they like you and how much they trust you. So even if you do stuff up with the, an employer or you send them the wrong person, if you have enough of a relationship and you have obviously helped them and done a good job in the past, they're more than likely to forgive you. And at the end of the day, like, yes, tell them specifically, don't overpromise anything. And I, I think that that is great advice, regardless of what you're selling by setting those proper expectations, building a high level of trust, you know, based upon what the prospect told you, you told me you wanted these four parameters. I've investigated it deeply. This person looks like they have them. We'll have to wait and see, but I, you know, it, I, I get it. And, and it's great that that is one of the key components um, of your program. Now, if someone wants to learn more from you or uh, would be interested in some of your, your coaching, which seems to be very one-on-one -on -one based, and, I, and I'm a big believer in that, how would they go about connecting with you? And of course, they will have all the links in the show notes to your LinkedIn profile, your website, and the Selling Academy. Is, is there any other ways that we could reach out and, and get more of your content? Most of my content is on LinkedIn, or you can see it on my Instagram. But I'm trying to remember because I changed the Instagram handle. So it could be just look me up on Instagram and you'll find me. 
No problem. We'll put the right under my name. We'll put the yeah. right uh, URL in the show notes. We'll, uh, our producer Sully, he'll make sure that that happens. But you know, we get lots of requests okay, from good. our our listeners um, in to connect with guests like you, so that they could you know uh, get in touch with more of your content or reach out to you directly. So we want to make sure that we make that available. Yeah. So I mean, they can email me directly, Rana at thesellingacademy.net. Well, .com.net, so remember that. <laughs> well, Rana, it's, uh, it's a privilege having you on the show today, all the way from Sydney, Australia. And thanks for bearing with us. We, we have a bit of a delay in, in our connection, but I'm sure that it'll all come out awesome in post. That, that's a line from the, well, thank you so from the TV business. It'll all come out in post. <laughs> thank you so much, George, for having me. Thank you for keeping your energy up despite doing so many podcasts today. And I appreciate your, your attention. <laughs> Thanks, your Rana. Well, have a great day. We appreciate you being on the show. You too. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking today to Rana Kordahi. A few insights into today's episode. She mentioned her six-step process and how that process is crucial to the success of sales, despite coaching hundreds of salespeople. She still makes her own discovery calls and demos all the time. She also mentioned that change management is crucial. While she works with a lot of staff that are resistant, she mentions it's important for everyone involved to continuously learn. And lastly, to facilitate change, we must be empathetic with our learners. If you liked Rana's episode discussing learning how to sell, let's continue the conversation by checking out these episodes. Episode 548, Selling with Love by Jason Mark Campbell. And episodes 305 and 306, The Four Mental Leashes with Jason Forrest. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. And thank you for joining us this week on the Conquer Local podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Tune in next week for a new episode. Guest discovery and produced by Sullivan Adam. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Nicole Lozon, and Sullivan Adam. Executive producers, Brendan King, George Leaf, and Sullivan Adam. Recorded at Vendasta headquarters on the Canadian prairies. <laughs>